0: As you might know, I am, this month, in the middle of doing uh, some recruiting for my program. I shouldn't say recruiting. I would say (laughs) registrations, um, accepting applications. So excited uh, for this new group to come on uh, for the practitioner training program that I teach. Also, at the same time, launching my book, which everybody says don't do those two things at the same time, you do one thing at a time. Sorry, they're both equally important. But um, as we've been discussing a whole bunch of different topics throughout the course of the the life course of this podcast, we've been talking a lot about you know the issues uh, we are facing in our in our healthcare, and also um, you know how do we actually turn those trends around? Today, I want to talk about the people that are doing the work. I want to talk about the parents and the professionals that also need to take care of themselves. So today we're talking about caring for the professional caregiver, and that might just mean people who do this as a profession, but also for people who do this in their lives day in and day out. You parents out there listening, let's learn a little bit about how to take care of you. Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. Good morning. I am recording this podcast nice and bright and early. I got to wake up to see the sunrise. I love sunrises. Um, It was just the colors were just fantastic and if anybody knows about phytotherapy and bio photons, how important it is to get up and in the morning expose your eyeballs and your skin, um, your face to the rising sun that will help with all of your hormonal neurochemical uh, processes to be in balance and get you started for the day. Uh, science aside, it feels good. <laughs> I actually really love sunsets actually. I'm Even preferable to sunrises although I'm often up with the sun because I'm a little bit of a bird that way. Um, I can't sleep in and if I do sleep in people are wondering if I'm super ill or maybe dead. <laughs> But uh, because I'm one of those people and um, I feel alive in the morning, the most alive I feel later on in the day. But I still love sunsets, that time for rest, digest, you know, reflecting on a day well spent, uh, hopefully, you know, just just being able to put everything down for um, time to just be. And those sunsets, actually, I find are even preferable to the sunrises at times because of the effects they have on me that sitting on the back deck you know maybe we've got the hammock out maybe we're just sort of taking a a time to eat our supper out there Um, just enjoy the moment and today we're going to be talking about those moments a little bit more Um, this time I'm talking about caring for the professional caregiver and not just professional. I guess I say professional in the in by way of people in the healing arts or people who are in the helping professions, in the service professions, where we care for others. And that's not an easy job. Sometimes, sometimes, and sometimes it's never an easy job. Actually, let's just put it that way. Um, there's joy in it. There can be ease. As far as um, flow goes, but it's never something that we just take for granted being, you know, um, consistent and, um, you know, life giving all the time, we actually have to put effort into our self care when we are in those roles. And that's not just people who are healthcare you know, professionals like the people I teach in my practitioner training program, which is another reason why I wanted to cover this topic today because I am actually taking um, applications for my practitioner training program to teach people to do what I do. And a huge part of the training that we do is making sure we're always cognizant to the fact that we need to... Um, do practices, live a life, and, and incorporate our work into our lives that is conducive to self-care. Very important. I mean, what good are we if we're burnt out <laughs> to anybody else? And plus, do we really want to live a life like that where we're burnt out? No. I mean, this is not why we do what we do so that we can be all sacrificing for other people without regard to our own personal lives. So um, I'm not a proponent of that. I'm not, I'm not a proponent of being, um, uh, um, I guess, a martyr or a sacrificial lamb. I think that there is room for all of us to thrive and, and not just to survive, but to thrive in this life. And we all have that uh, capability and the deservedness of the, a life, a good life, a good, happy, healthy life. Also, that goes for you parents, okay? So a lot of people listening have, well, a lot of people are parents that are listening. They're also caregivers of people who are, you know, the their parents or their own grandparents or even their spouses, um, people in their communities. Um, but we're also parents, and uh, parents tend to put their, themselves on the back shelf as well. And I'm going to tell you that that is not... That is not conducive to good health for you or the key people you care about so or care for. So we're going to talk about taking care of you today and some some strategies to do that. So, uh, so here we go. And I'm going to give you a little intro here to the status uh, that we have. Because I like to intro my podcast with a status report. <laughs> so in this day and age... We have done an excellent job of burning into our hearts and minds, both figuratively and literally, the fight or flight pattern of living. Yes, you've heard this over and over again, we live too fast, it's true. And when you are a caregiver, this pace doesn't seem to let up and sometimes it's accelerated with seemingly few options to slow down. And when we have families as well as work in the healthcare field, double duty takes on a whole new meaning, and maybe even triple duty because of so. You know, a lot of us are women, and you know, historically we've been relegated to the to the nurturing um, role. And I don't say relegated as in we're stuck there. I actually think it's an honor and a privilege um, if we understand and see the value. And uh, for people who choose to be in that role this is not something that is expected but a choice that we can make um, and be able to you know care for and be with the people that need our uh, support and assistance I suppose all right so one of my daughters has type 1 diabetes and a lot of people you know, know that, who listen to my podcast. And I'm also the parent of kids who have also battled severe anemia, mood issues, serious infections, gut dysbiosis, leaky gut, food allergies, and hypothyroidism. And I can add to that list, uh, we've also battled, in, or I, sh- I don't even want to use the word battled, we've also encountered, um, overcome, um, I-, I guess, I guess encountered is the word, uh, infection, Uh, Such as Lyme disease, which I don't talk about a lot, but you can always hit me up and we'll talk about that Um, mold illness. uh, The list actually goes on from there. And what's more, I've also delved into the sandwich generation caring for an ailing grandmother who has battled chronic bladder infections, stroke malnutrition and severe arthritic pain. Um, which we got through under control at one point in her life through nutrition. We used CBD oil, actually, as well, um, a myriad of things, but all, she's also since passed, uh, since I wrote this. Um, in the early days, I would wake with a wave of fear that my daughter had died in her sleep due to low blood sugar. Yes, it's been an interesting four years. Actually, it's been longer than that. <laughs> I don't even know why I say four years, uh, because the, the last four years, the f- four years of teenhood were actually quite difficult, but she was actually diagnosed when she was 11, so it's been 10 years now. So fear was a constant issue, um, and it can be a constant issue when you're in a caregiving role. But fear does not need to control you, and neither does exhaustion or burnout, nor do you have to push through your life feeling trapped in a role you don't remember signing up for, right? Who <laughs> signed me up? for this. <laughs> you can actually enjoy. Oh, good luck. You know, can you, can you really enjoy it? Your role as caregiver while still give, living more of what life has to offer you, right? You can actually enjoy it. And so here's how. The challenges caregivers face day in and day out are vast and many. You may feel fear. Let's be honest. Fear, insecurity, overwhelm, loneliness, and anger. You may be under supported, tired, and not know where to seek support. You may neglect your own health, burn out, or fall apart. I see this happen. I've seen this happen. I see it happen over and over again. This is why when I make healing plans for people and I work with them on their healing plan, we always, always talk about self-care, especially if they've come to me looking for help for their children. But this is not to say woe was me in any way, shape, or form. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have to care for everyone else but me. This is to say that that's not what we're saying. I have to care for everyone else but me. This is to say these are all very natural experiences and part of our growth as parents and caregivers as human beings to go through some or all of this, this is totally and completely normal. But you don't have to go through it alone and it doesn't have to be so hard. So when caring for yourself, your family and friends, your clients and patients, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you can make the ride as smooth as possible. Man, I love metaphor. (laughs) So, okay, let's go through the doom and gloom. What can happen if you don't take care of the caregiver? Okay, if you're not taking care of yourself. So mental emotional effects. How about dissatisfaction with your own life? Feeling resentment toward those you care for. Feeling angry, lonely, fearful, mentally and emotionally tired. Depression and other mood problems. Burnout or simply quitting the job of caregiving. Like, I can't do this anymore. There are lots of physical issues, and I mean like everything you can think of under the sun. So gut health issues, autoimmunity, exhaustion and fatigue, infection, malnutrition, dehydration, depression and anxiety, toxicity, Poor exercise habits, weight gain, weight loss, bad skin, addictions and dependence on stimulants, adrenal fatigue, liver problems, the list goes on. And that's quite a list and it's by no means exhaustive. So we've learned that caregiving is all about sacrifice but I dare to differ and like I mean strongly so this is not what caregiving means. It doesn't mean sacrifice yourself and feel like crap all the time and you don't matter. If you fall apart mentally and or physically like I said, who will be there for your loved ones and how will you do your job effectively? And I say job if you're a professional and I say role or support or be that auntie or the mom. You know, we all, if we're caring people, we actually really do want to be there for the people we care about. If we're in a functional family, we want to be able to help the people need, need our help and vice versa. We can accept help and love and care and nurturing from our family members as well. So, all right, so let's, let's talk about the concept of extreme self-care. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm still working out the uh, frogs in my throat. It's early, told you. All right, so it takes a great deal of attention to let go of what we have been taught about caregiving and relearn to care for yourself. To be able to truly listen to your body and to each other and cared for and the caregiver. The cared for and the caregiver. Sorry, let me say that again. So, it takes, a, takes some relearning to listen to yourself to the people you care for and the caregiver. okay? so so much so that nothing short of extreme care and attention is needed. It's empowering to recognize that all of the seemingly small things you think and habitually do that rev you up, stress you out and make you unhappy can be unlearned. You can unlearn this because we learn this and really to unlearn something you have to practice. This unlearning. You have to practice something else. You have to make new um, pathways in the brain. You have to create new patterns of being. Um, And these things take time. They take focus and attention, which may seem extreme to caregivers who are not used to taking even a minute to ground to enjoy, to relax, to rest, and to recover. So extreme self-care is not only about massages and time on the beach away from home and work, but is also about caring for yourself in your everyday life and work so you don't feel as if you need to escape it. And that's a huge point. Do we really want to feel like we look forward to Friday, be the weekend warrior or, or that one day that we take to ourselves or maybe that one hour and escape our lives? Do we really want to live a life where we need to feel like we need to escape it? Um, this is one reason I've always resisted the idea of buying a cabin at the lake. Although, although it's still beautiful. We still can do that. Like, especially if we live in a busy city or or stuff like that, that we really just can't go live like I do on on an acreage, right? Um, but for me, I wanted to make my home a cabin on the lake where I could feel as if I were practicing extreme self-care at all times and where my children and the people who come to visit me and other family and friends could grow up or come and visit us and experience that, that space and with that essential value in mind. So extreme self-care is also about drawing boundaries and knowing when to say no, to let go and to say no more. For example, unhealthy relationships, both personal and professional, can drain the life from you. So it is vital that we are wise enough to recognize when it is time to give more and when it is time to let go. It is important for you to know when to let go and let what, whatever is happening just be. And your limits can be set without anger or blame. And this is a key point too, um, to be able to, to draw boundaries, have limits without blaming or being angry with any anybody who actually wants your help or is looking to you for help. Um, boundaries allow you to pull away when it gets to be too much, but t- to be loving about it. Boundaries are not fences between you, the world, and others, but are gentle reminders about what you want and don't want, what you welcome in and what you take a pass on, what is yours and what is not yours. Very key. Some of this stuff is not yours. If you are working as a professional, it is up to that person to take care of themselves and to do the things necessary that will improve their health or their state of well-being. Not you. Your job is to shine the light, and it is their job to see what you're shining the light on and to act on it. Same thing with family members. That's a tough one. <laughs> I've learned the hard way that you can't do it for anybody, and neither should you. All right, so does this sound selfish? Um, I say no. <laughs> Extreme self-care actually helps those around us as well, since since when uh, you are not always available uh, or doing everything for any everybody. The people in your life have the opportunity to enjoy giving, to feel good about making decisions, to feel empowered and needed and valuable and independent. So when you're not always doing this for them, other people have the opportunity to be in that role of support. They also learn to care for themselves through example and gain a deeper understanding about what it takes to be healthy in every sense of the word. Extreme self-care also allows you to get stronger and to be more present and able to deal with life's ups and downs. And there will be many as we all know. Like every day. (laughs) It isn't your kids' or clients' fault when you feel tired or need some time. So you need to practice self-care before burning out or melting down, before you begin to feel dissatisfied or angry with the people who rely on you. And they might rely on you um, in a disproportionate way where where it's not up to you. It's not your stuff. It's not your job. But you need to, to draw those boundaries. When it is your turn to do the caring, you will be rested and centered and better able to be there for the people you love and care for, as I've said. So I find extreme care is in the stopping during a morning walk to identify the tracks in the snow. And actually yesterday I just saw some tracks that were left in the the um the dirt road, the grid road, and they were because it was because it rained the night before and there were tracks in the in the mud and they were sort of overlaying my own tracks that I had left the day before my walk, and I think they were a bear. <laughs> I was like so freaked out. There's a bear on our land. I know they are. We're debating in our family what they are. Um, all right, so extreme self-care. It's in reading in bed with my children. That was the, the heart of and the highlight of my life when my children were young. It's in the brushing brushing my cats, right? Talking to them, making meals as a family. Taking the time to meditate in the morning, to be mindful, just to be aware of my body, you know, watching that sunrise this morning, watching the sunset in the evening, sitting in the hammock, reading the books that beckon me, you know, the ones I actually want to read, not that I have to read, the ones I want to read. Hanging out in the library surrounded by ideas and inspiration. How about the bookstore? My daughter and I are going to the art gallery today, right? Having lunch together. Um, It's a back scratch, a nap, a little prayer of gratitude before a meal. It's saying no to that job I don't want, although I could use the money. It's not having a TV. It's turning off the lights after dark. A good talk with a friend about what is good in our lives rather than what is not. It is focusing on abundance and possibility and being grateful for all I have learned from illness and challenges and doubt. Extreme self-care is essential for me if I want to care for others because when I'm nourished and my cup is full, I have something left to share and it's not even portioning and rationing what we have. It's actually pouring out of me. So extreme self-care is not actually extreme. It's the only way to gain the space necessary to turn off the doer and the fixer and gain perspective about what is really important to focus on what is right in front of you now in the present so you can truly enjoy your own life and not focus on everyone else's in a joyful, grateful, meaningful way. All right, excuse me. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to start your extreme self-care practice. All right, so start small, big, doesn't matter, just start. Just start, just start. not Monday, you know, you know i just start taking care of myself in a couple weeks. Why? Why do we do this? It's like this. we need this big master plan. We don't. Just start. There's no guilt involved. Actually, guilt is a useless state of mind that only serves to make us martyrs and victims and is a form of self-sabotage, okay? So remember that you do not feel guilty for taking care of yourself. In time, extreme self-care will become just a part of how you live and take care of yourself and your family. And that's only with the the newbies, the new, the uh, people that are new to extreme self care. Uh, you know, first you might feel that this is, you're selfish, and um, it's it's sort of non- unnatural to you to say no, little Johnny. I'll be with you in a moment. Mom's taking mom's doing her self care right now. Mom's in the tub. Mom is, you know, um, busy right now. And same thing with clients that are you know texting you, and sometimes with uh, or emailing you. Sometimes with big big problems, big issues, and you have to say. I, I'm, you know, I, my office hours are XYZ, and I will get back to you then. Um, it will become your responsibility, your privilege, and your inherent right as a human being to perform these acts of self care. Isn't that a radical shift in thought? So, learn to love caring for yourself in this way. It is immensely liberating and reinforces the fact that you are in control of your own emotions and life, no one to blame, no excuses to not be happy because the power is in your hands. All right, tea break. All right, okay, that's so good, I love green tea. Okay, so taking care of your mind and body, blessing or burden, what is your motivation? Ask yourself these questions and answer them honestly for yourself. This way you will be able to let some of those feelings be, acknowledge them and also identify where you may need to make some changes. So how do you see your role as a caregiver? Is it positive, negative, a duty, a privilege? Never thought about it before? What are the, Answer that question, those questions. How do you see the people you care for? So do you see them as a blessing or a burden or both? Do you want to care for them? Or do you feel that you have to care for them? That's a very honest question to ask yourself. Examine why you are doing what you are doing. Is it because being a caregiver is how you generate feelings of self-worth? Is it because others expect you to do it? That was my role. I I felt like I was worthy if I was helping people, um, even as a young child. Um, And then other people learned to expect it of me. And it became my role in my family. And then even resented right so I'm still helping and fixing you know into my adulthood and I'm getting I'm being resented for it uh, criticized for it Um, and I can see why right taking away other people's power always trying to get in there and fix and do when people just want me to listen right so there's a lot of shifting that happens when you answer these questions honestly or that can happen Um, is it because there's no one else to do it but you that's sometimes the dilemma. Nobody else can or will do it but you. It is, because, is it because you are the best person for the job? Sometimes you are. Is it simply because you are a parent or grandparent and it falls under your quote-unquote job description? Is it because you are a doer, a fixer, maybe even a little codependent, right? Is it because you want to but just need help to make it work so you can also be healthy as well as your loved ones, clients, and patients? So if you are going about the business of caregiving day in and day out with no joy in what you are giving or perhaps even harboring resentment for what it may be taking from your time your life which could be your energy your time your rest your own you know creative pursuits then it is well worth an honest look at your motivation your limits your boundaries and finding creative ways to address any issues that have arisen regarding your care of others and of yourself now that you know your motivation for the caring that you do, here are some ways to have a healthy mindset regarding your caregiving role. So, here are just some practical tips. And I'm not gonna go into everything in depth uh, because actually, I do this in depth in a program that um, I'm thinking of launching again called the um, Super Overwhelmed to Super Human, or I once had called it the Supermom, 30 Day Super Mom Challenge. Um, I think it's for women as well as men, caregivers, professionals, etc. But that will be announced if you're on my newsletter, or if you look in the show notes, you'll find out about that. So I may be releasing that because it'll give us a lot more time to unpack this and actually make these um, practices happen in your life, as well as many other things that we'll be discussing in that program. But I digress, I didn't actually mean to talk about that just now, but I'm thinking I'm running out of time and I have quite a bit more to talk to you about, but I'm just gonna give you the quick and dirty on some of these practical tips. So get some help, you're only one person, sometimes you need help, sometimes you need to hire people to help some respite, or if you're in a practice, you might need some other people in your practice to help you do what you do. Um, Set realistic goals, but be optimistic. Okay, we always shoot for the stars, we shoot high, but sometimes you need to be realistic. Today, that's all I can do, and I'm done for the day, and I'm going to do my self-care now. Uh, stay positive, right? So it's not like pretending like everything's great, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm in La La Land, and it doesn't matter if my child has a chronic condition, and, uh, you know, this, we're not going to say that this is all easy and hunky-dory and roses. Um, But staying positive, right? You know, instead of, uh, you know, always feeling negative and doom and gloom about everything, there's tons of beauty in this life and in this world, Um, in your experience, a lot of learning to have. Avoid martyrdom. Never good. Not for you, not for the people you care for. Have the people you care about care for themselves, you and each other. It is empowering for people, even who, people who have very limited energy, very ill people, even to contribute to your family life. Because once they are out of the family life, have no purpose. How is that? How is that for them? You know, to not to have everything done for them. It's very disempowering, and they have, they can learn to be helpless. Um, do what you can, and then let go. So uh, that's really important to know know as well. It's like, okay, I'm going to give it my all, give her snot, you know, go for it. If you are a powerful person, why not use that power? But then know when to let go. And make small changes to make sure you're not ruining your own health, okay? So take walks, feed yourself when you feed others, rest when you can. Instead of filling every spare moment with tasks and duties, stand, move your body, exercise. You know, let's say you're even in meetings and stuff, stand at the back of the room. I've, I've been that weirdo all, a lot. <laughs> I don't sit at conferences all day long. I go and stand at the back of the room and I stretch when I need to. Try not to multitask all the time and make your brain crazy, right? Do your exercising, centering before you start your day. Otherwise, you might not get to it at all. So get the right equipment, right? Um, ergonomically friendly equipment you know get a standing desk a a, a treadmill desk you know move around get a ball you sit on instead of this horrible flat chair that's broken you know Um, use technology to your advantage I'm not for being on technology 24 7 it's extremely bad for you I have a podcast episode where I talk about that Um, But use it to your advantage when you need to, you know, record meetings to share with other family, uh, you know, members or other uh, clients, you know, use, you know, social media to your advantage when you want to uh, communicate things like updates or, you know, um, talking about your services, Um, online calendars and and scheduling, um, uh, online scheduling. I use that all the time to my advantage. I use a lot of technology, but we need to be using it as a tool, not as a crutch, or as a uh, something that can be very addictive. Get organized, poop in a group. Um, keep lists, refer to them. You know, I love this uh, concept of organization. This is what I do with my clients all the time, is helping to organize their healing plan. Because without a plan, sometimes we can get lost. You know, um, Sometimes we need to set our course, our sights, our goals, and um, be able to monitor on the along the way say where have I gotten to where did I sort of um, fall off the you know the path or um, where can I improve where what can I do to delegate you know some of these tasks that are family tasks not just for me Um, I have a group family chat and my My husband bugs me about it and says I'm spamming them all the time. I'm like, well, look, I'm not texting each of you separately. Sorry, man. I don't have the time or energy for that. And if you guys want to know what's going on, if Auntie so-and-so is visiting from out of town, or if we've got something to do as a family, or if I have something I want to celebrate with you, or, you know, we got a family meal coming up, I'm not doing that. I'm not texting everybody or phoning everybody individually so that saves me time and it allows us to be a cohesive family unit and celebrate things together it's actually quite fun um so communicate that's part of the communication um you can do many different things to communicate with your family and with your clients uh newsletters for clients um you know check-ins and you know being very clear about the channels of communication that makes it more like less invasive in your personal life as well as more uh, functional and streamlined in your professional life and again with family you know or or you know dealing with staff you know in places like schools hospitals and care homes um, you know really speaking your truth and asking a lot of questions I mean even something like in, when you're in a restaurant in a restaurant and you're ordering, right? And you've got kids who are gluten-free, you know, or you're gluten-free. You need to communicate that to the staff. You need to be able to find your voice. Um, And don't take shortcuts, you know. Um, You maintain your integrity in what you've chosen to do in your profession and in your life. You know, like our, our most recent one, and actually one that we have been working on for years, years and years now, is um, using sustainable containers, not using plastics and, um, and and creating a whole bunch of waste. That's one thing that my daughter is actually really encouraging in our own family as of late. And she kind of has ever since she took up this torch. And so, um, we don't have to dress at all, but, you know, just try not to take shortcuts when you can actually learn something the little bit, the longer way. Um, and sometimes those shortcuts can be detrimental to, you know, your own health. So get sleep, eat right, pay attention, you know, be aware, um, to pay attention to what the people you care for need and what you want or, and what you need as well. And sometimes this takes a little slowing down and actually it always does and checking in, um, maybe even five minutes of reflection of just stopping and that will just go a very long way. And then of course, this whole concept of practicing extreme care. So there is a list, I mean, I have a list, sorry, there is an A list, but I have a list of extreme self-care practices that I, pre- I perform or I practice every single day. Um, and it varies every day, so it's not like I have to check through my checklist. Um, it's really that I have these things that I love to do and they really feed my soul and my body some of them I'd mentioned already about eating well and resting and all that stuff. But I also have things that I choose and, and love to do myself. And you might have a different list for yourself. You might be a golfer. I suck at golf. Actually, it's a stress-inducing activity for me because I'm so bad at it. Oh, I could, maybe I could learn to love it. I don't know, but it's not today. Um, but that might be your stress-reducing um, you know, part of your self-care. And I want to say, I can say routine, but really just way of life. Um, but mine are, I love yoga. I go for massages. I self-massage. I take time to breathe. I uh, I practice mindfulness. I, I go outside and listen to nature sounds. Actually, the crickets last night were just like a symphony, you know, until I actually saw those bear and then that was kind of fear-inducing and I thought, you know, I think I'm going home now. I don't really want to encounter a bear like a half mile from my house. (laughs) There aren't any trees big enough for me to climb plus they climb better than me. Um, so, you know, things like listening to binaural beats, I love doing that and, you know, very calming music. Sometimes I need to listen to loud music. I love to run. I, I, and I decide day to day if I'm going to run today, or if I'm going to walk and I don't beat myself up about not doing my run that day that I was only able to do 10 minutes of yoga. I, I it, that is not the point of doing these techniques or these having these kinds of routines It's really just taking the time to be with yourself and nourishing yourself. It could even be flossing your teeth. Um, It could even be turning off the television and enjoying the silence that follows. It could be reading a book. It could be walking your dog. It could actually be time with your family that is self-care. Uh, as well, it's not like you just have to ditch everyone and be alone. You can be out for tea. You can take a go out for lunch, with, like my daughter and I do, are doing today, just one on one, playing games. You know, you can do self care as a family, right? You can raise that vibration in your family. So um, those are just some ideas, and I really hope that you find something for you or many things for you. That, are, um, that you do every day uh, for yourself uh, that is in the category of extreme self-care because you deserve it. Uh, this is your life. This is your experience. And why not make it a good one? Okay, so we're going to end there. I think this was the longest one at 34 minutes. Uh, Hopefully you had time to listen to this and took the time to listen to how to take more time (laughs) for yourself. Um, This podcast is sponsored by the Healthy Family Formula, which essentially means that we share our information for free. All we ask is that before you move on to the next hundred things on your to-do list for today, take what you learn and instead of waiting until Monday, January 1st, or any other arbitrary date in the future, act on it now. Buy that new food, start that new routine, shift into that healthier habit. The little steps steadily move you past the miles you leave behind you. For more information about anything related to family health, do pick up my book, which I have lots more information about self-care and caring for the caregiver and also for your families. Um, that My book is called Family Health Revolution. And check out our newsletter, blog, individual and group coaching programs and practitioner training program at... HealthyFamilyFormula.com, and you can also like our Facebook page, Facebook.com/HealthyFamilyFormula. You can find us on Twitter, and I think um, <laughs> I don't really love Twitter, but we are there, and also Instagram. So, um, and actually on Clubhouse as well. So I'm going to put in the show notes those little ditties, so you can see, you can find us those places as well. So thank you for listening, as it was a pleasure to spend this time with you today. May you and your family be well. Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment, but is the opinion of the host. This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted health care providers, if they so choose, when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility. Thank mm-hmm. you.